You want some more of this bitch? Welcome to the Three Kings Podcast, where everyday blokes act like kings. I'm just a regular, everyday, normal motherfucker. I told you in the first song, I'll tell you in another. I'm just a regular, everyday, normal motherfucker. How are We're back um, this week. We've got no guests. It's just uh, me and Nick. So we're just going to do a quick wrap-up of um, Dex. That's, you know, the first three rounds and plus the East starting and um, talk about the um, AMX Open that was on on the weekend, just an Australian race. And um, we've got some other things in the works that we're going to talk about at the end of the episode. So, um, yeah, listen in. What did you think of Anaheim 2? Yeah, it was um, good. That track was one of the best tracks I've had so far this year. Um, the Triple Crowns are, you know, sick to watch because they've, fucking get straight into the race and you're not waiting for heats and lcqs and stuff like that um yeah that you know the curse c- kind of struck jet again he he's never i don't think he's ever won a triple crown no. i I'm, i like that it gets straight into it but i don't know if i'm a big fan of the actual three races in one one night eh? yeah well they're, they're they're still pretty long and they get each one gets longer i think doesn't it yeah but um what We'll, we'll get into the 450s quickly because this is – I love Tomac. Tomac's my guy. And, yes, it was Tomac's fault that he crashed, but I feel like Webb is such a good defensive rider. He forces people into mistakes like that. Yeah, but he knows where yeah, the riders are at all times. But I reckon people just need to jam him, bro. Like, mm. like think about it. Like, Tomac could have – I don't know, Sexton was flying, but Tomac could have got up there, but – he got so caught up behind Webb, and I feel like the tracks these days, even though it was an awesome track, was still very one-lined. Yeah, well, Tomac wasn't as fast this week as he's been the first two rounds. Um, you could see that because even when he had a clear track in one of the motos, he couldn't catch Roxon. Yeah. Um, he was Roxon was actually pulling away from him, and then Chase was pulling away from him. So. Yeah, I think that was Moto 2, eh? Or Moto 1, yeah, yeah. one of them. And, um, yeah, like, he obviously didn't have the raw speed, and you can't be the best every weekend, but um, he still, you know, got a good result um, just off the podium. But, um, yeah, like, I'm surprised he has done so well in the Triple Crowns in the past because he's a average starter at best. Yeah. And, you know, they're short motos, and he's got the most wins. And it, that's what surprises me. Like, this is how I thought he would usually go at a Triple Crown, you know, Shit starts, work his way through, but run out of time. But I don't like, like I said, do you reckon these tracks are more one line than normal? Um, yes and no. This one on the weekend, as I said, I reckon is the best track so far this year. Like, pretty fast, had some open sections, tight sections. Um, the, that them two big doubles in a row were pretty good. I reckon there was heaps of passing, um, spots. It's just you know, you can block if someone's yeah, a bit faster behind you, you can kind of hog the track, but. The top guys, you know, are all so close to each other. Um, it's it's hard to make a pass, bro. Yeah, but you you go back to when Stuart, RV, Dungey, and all of them were racing. They would make a section that only the top guys could do. That would be like a second or a second and a half quicker if you could do it. Yeah, but the thing is, this these days everyone's on the that level. Where no, but no, that's not, this is the point I'm saying. Only E.T. and Roxon were doing the triple onto the table top, right? Yeah, but they only done it like once or twice. Yeah, but it wasn't that much it. quicker. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they need to make a section where only certain guys can do it and it actually advantages them for doing it. Well, I think it's just the caliber of riders and, um, you know, I'm sure there's probably still something out there that you could, you know, find time. But it's just having the balls to do it and the um, reward for doing it as well. Like, there's no point... You know, doing a big quad if it's not going to be quicker. But people like, especially your Stuarts and your uh, Villapotos, they would just do something like that. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not saying that the caliper is higher because obviously Stuart is one of the best supercross riders out there. But it's the fact that they're not building the tracks like they used to. Like, you look at the tracks. No, what I'm saying is every rider's on Stuart's level now. You know what I mean? So Stuart was above everyone else back in the day. But now you got seven lads who are all that caliber 
where you know, yeah, I, like, know. I reckon you're only probably like yeah, everyone there's there's guys out there that are quick, but I don't think everyone's on that caliber. I, for me, there's probably maybe three guys up there that could actually probably win the championship. Yeah, and I reckon it's raw speed. Um, like this is the most stacked field we've had like probably ever. You know what I mean? There for the last kind of twenty years has been like two maybe three guys a year who can win a race. Where now you got like seven. Seven guys, maybe even eight guys who could win a race. Yeah, win a race, but I'm talking about win a championship. Because you can look at you look at Levi Kitchen, right? He can definitely win a race and he showed it. But can he win a championship? Well, anyone can win a championship if it's their year. And obviously, you know, in the two fifties it's you've got a once in a lifetime or once in a generation talent in Jet and, you know, he's well and truly expected to win that championship because he's moving on to bigger and better things. But, um, yeah, any of them guys can win a championship, especially in the 250s. All right, so let's go back to San Diego, right? ET won, then Webb was right behind him. Then, look, Barsha and Roxon are 10 seconds behind. Then Sexton's 12 seconds, and then we go down to Ferrandez, Anderson and Cinderella, all, all 20 seconds behind. Yeah, but Anderson won on the weekend. Won a race, Sexton won a race. They're in fifth and seventh there. That's what I'm saying. Like the top seven guys can win a race. Yeah, no, I'm, not, I'm not disputing or even they can win, win a championship. Like Anderson's won a championship, and he nearly won it last year. He won the last four rounds, and he's in seventh there. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like if you if you look at over the distance of the the race, look how much, like the t- top two guys on that day, those two guys were the best, right? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is. Every week it changes at the moment. Like, obviously, Tomac's there pretty much every week. But Cooper Webb's, you know, not prone – or pretty prone to getting, yeah, like a seventh and then getting a tenth. Yeah. But I just feel like there, there is a core group of guys that would be able to pull a section out over the rest of them. I don't reckon – if you made a, a really technical section, like I'm saying, only Tomac and Roxon were doing that big triple onto the, the step on and then going from the tabletop to tabletop. You know what I mean? Yeah, but the difference is, is that the riders are so much better now that it, they don't have to do it because they're faster elsewhere. Like Sexton probably doesn't bust out the biggest jump. It's just you, they do do it. It's just, as I'm saying, you don't notice it because they're all doing it. That's what you don't un- – like, they'll yeah, just, I understand just say that, that, dra- yeah. that dragon back thing. They're that quite they over, yeah. Jumping all the way over. I'm telling you, if that was back in um, Stewart's day – that would have been like, oh, fuck, look at he's jumping that thing. But now it's normal because they're all doing it. Because, yeah. one, the bikes have um, progressed so much. And, two, they grew up watching and idolising Stuart, all these riders, and now they're at his level or if not better. Yeah. That's, wh- that's what they go – that's why you don't see people doing stuff as regularly, like out of the blue and making time as you used to because – they grew up watching it. It's like in any sport, you know. Like, say, for instance, like we're big fight fans and in MMA you watch a champion from 10 years ago and he's so shit compared to a champion now just because they're so much better because they grew up watching that guy and everything that he was good at then, they were good at when they were 15 and they just Yeah, they used, used the past to yeah. make them better in the future. Yeah, like you can't compare people from different eras because it's just – Everything changes, like competition changes, bikes changes, equipment changes, everything changes, tracks change, like everything changes. Yeah. But do you feel like that they they have delved down the tracks to try and prevent injury? No, not really. Like the only thing is probably the whoops. You know, there's yeah. the whoops aren't as big or as long as they used to be. I do agree with that though. But that's probably the only thing. Yeah. The jumps as I said, the jumps and stuff are probably bigger. Yeah. It's just the bikes are better and the riders are better. Like, don't get me wrong, there is tracks. Like you look at last year Atlanta. Atlanta that Atlanta Speedway track, that was probably one of the coolest tracks I've yeah. seen in a long time. And I ca- getting a little bit later on to the Super Motocross thing, that's going to be cool. Those last three rounds are going to be pretty sick to watch. Yeah. Yeah, well, everyone's favourite pretty much every year is, you know, like your Daytoners and um, Atlanta Speedway was the same kind of thing. So, you know, if you got two or three of them in a year, that's every, like, that's everyone's favourite race to watch. Yeah, well, they got the pretty much Daytona, but three of them at the end of the year. So yeah. that's... Um, that's that's gonna be awesome to see, but it's it's very close racing this year. Like like we we're saying, you can go from like first to seventh 
in one round and not have a bad race. Like it just the other guys are just on the next round. Like it's yeah. There's no there's no um, you know coming from last to first anymore. And um, if you, you know if you make one mistake halfway through the race, that's pretty much where you're staying because one the competition so much better and two if you were a little bit faster if you spend a few laps behind you know the guy in front of you who's probably not that much slower than you get stuck in their pace and then that's where you finish yeah well you, you even like just look at it, sexton one five one yeah well look at look at tomac he's gone one one and then he got six on the weekend that's what i mean like, and then Anderson five one three like it's just so hard to be so consistent. Yeah, and then Mookie wasn't there this weekend, so Tomac could have maybe been one position more back. You know, yeah, what I mean? like, that's what I'm saying. There's like at least seven dudes who can win. I reckon almost up there put top ten. Oh, maybe not Savachi, but yeah. I reckon Cincerelli could pull out a win, bro. Oh, he's 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 just. He's just a building year, and he he said it. You can see him. He let, lets riders pass at the moment because I think he's so smart. he just wants to make it through a year uninjured. And correct, uh, motocross is kind of his um, forte. Yeah. His, I don't think he's ever got to do a four fifty motocross championship yet, um, or a start off healthy in a fourth. I think he might have started one or two, but he had injured from. I think he's only ever finished one championship in his year in his life, yeah. or two in his life, and he won one of them. But this is coming down to the thing that I've said for years. Do you think it's the PC curse? No, nah, it's just uh, the bikes are progressing faster than the riders are. Like you look at... And it's just a luck thing, you know what I mean? Like you can go through your whole life and have no injuries or you can be the best rider in the world and have thousands of them. Like you look at PC at the moment. Yeah. Well they that, almost had no riders. Like McAdoo pulled it, well, that's ate what, some spinach after it or something. That's the reason why um, teams like PC or... Star have so many fucking riders is yeah. because they allow for at least one or two people to get hurt. Because back in the day, they only had one each side, yeah. Um, and yeah, Pro Circuit have got five or six riders, and they're pretty much all out bar McAdoo. And McAdoo would be out, I reckon, next week, but he's lucky that the East is starting. Yeah. I'm s- seeing the photos that we uploaded today, seeing his arm, I am surprised of what he, what he achieved. Yeah. Um, what he achieved because honestly, that is a massive. Like, did you see how fat his arm was? Yeah, well, he was in um, he nearly won one of the races, I think, but he ended up sliding back. But he was in a position to nearly win one or two of the races. But yeah, to just finish that weekend was unreal. But I'm sure he probably well, had Mitch breathing down his neck because he's been the biggest team for forever, and you know they haven't got any results lately. And, you know, now they've got no riders. And especially Shimoda being out for the East this weekend, he would have been one of the favourites for sure. Yeah. Do you want to get into the East or...? Yeah, we'll get into the East. We'll have a quick talk about um, the, you know, the weekend, obviously. Um, yeah, as I was saying at the start of the show, Jet um, didn't win. He's... he's he got tied second or third, did he? Yeah, second. Um, you know, he's he said that pretty openly on the podium that triple crowns aren't his forte. Doesn't really like him, but there's one more to go. But, you know, like pump for someone like Kitchen to get their first win, and he didn't even win a race, actually. No. Um, same thing, like at this level, like you look at RJ. RJ won the first race and then got 22nd and 13th. Like, one good thing about these is, if you crash in one, you kind of fucked for the overall, but at the same time, you don't get a bad as result overall. As if, like, if he crashed like he did in that second moto in a normal twenty-minute moto, he probably would have got twentieth. Yeah, but, but because but in get, saying that, depends when he crashes. If he crashes at the start, you still got twenty minute twenty minutes to yeah, get. Yeah, I know that. Injury. But if you that, that they were still ten or twelve minutes long these races. Yeah. Like if. If you do that in a one race, your result's done. But if you do it in this, you've got two more to make up for it. You know, like Jack got a six in one of the races, you know. Yeah, but he went down probably three times in that race and still got a six, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's. I feel like 
Jet is just a league above everyone else. He could probably, like in a 20-minute motor, he could probably catch up to second if he went down well, three Yeah, times. even even though he got second on the weekend, he still extended his... Points lead. Points lead over, yeah. um, I think McAdoo was in second. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's expected to win this title, you know, hands down. And with the class the way it is and the riders riding the way they're riding, I can't see him losing it by, you know, a bad injury. What do you reckon Jet's more upset about? Crashing so much or ruining his perfect season? Um. Oh, I don't reckon he'd be upset at either. Like, obviously, to win, to go perfect years, like, I think it's unheard of. I don't know if anyone's done it. But, um, yeah, he would have been disappointed with how he rode in that second one when he crashed two or three times. But, as I said, you have a shit race, you can't win the triple crown. But at the same time, you have a shit race and then have two half-decent ones, you still get a good result. But we we're, were talking because we were obviously watching it when we were playing golf and we watched the first one and I think Jet was in fifth and you said if he finishes like this, he won't be able to get it. But then he ended up finishing third and you said that's the worst position he can finish if he goes 1-1 one, one to win it. Yeah, so, yeah, that's the so thing. So he could have he done it if he didn't obviously didn't have such a bad race in the second because he did win the last race. Yeah. And Kitchen wasn't actually – didn't let him get away too far on that. Like – I reckon he would have struggled if he got a bad start to get past Kitchen. You know what I mean? Like Kitchen was only, I think, two or three seconds behind him by the, the finishing of it. Yeah, he would have. He wouldn't have been pushing once he got in front. I reckon, but yeah, like the dudes in that, um, you know, this case are ridiculously quick, but they're all not in the best form. Like McAdoo's, you know, one of the quickest riders out, but obviously he's. Um, had a massive crash in the weekend and he's not riding the best. Volan, same thing, he's so up and down. Um, Styles Robinson's been pretty quiet all year. Same as Kitchen before this weekend. Like, I think Kitchen got a 15th in one of the rounds. So, you know, and then RJ Hampshire, he's the most inconsistent per- person there is. He could be the fastest dude yeah. on the track and then crash 10 times, so it doesn't count for anything. The, the riders that really have stood out to me kind of one didn't really stand out because I knew he'd be doing it. Enzo Lopes. Like, I know he didn't do that well this year, but... Oh, this, this um, round. But far out, he's been good. He's been top, like, at least top three qualifier in all the rounds. He was fastest qualifier in San Diego, I think. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's a fast rider. Like, if he puts it together, I reckon he could give it to Jet. Yeah, well, he had a he had a stint on Joe Gibbs for a bit when he first came over from Brazil. I think he's from. Yeah. Um, when he first came over from there, but obviously the team folded and he ended up, I think, privateer for a year. And then he's, you know, this day. I mean, um, Club MX Yamaha team. You know, they're just as good as the, you know, factory teams at the moment. With especially guys like Nicoletti. You know, Nicoletti. Yeah. What did he get? He got third in the second race. He was winning, winning it for most of the time. And Nicoletti's no spring chicken. He's, no. <laughs> he's, he's, he's the Braden of the 250 yeah. team. So, like, that team's, like, doing unbelievable things. So, yeah, to get on that team is pretty much the next, next best, best thing to being a factory rider. And especially with their facilities that they got, um, you know, where they train, that's what makes them go as good as they do. And plus... The Yamahas are probably the best bike at the moment, so that helps them as well. Yeah, and the other rider that I like that I've liked since he's been on Star Yamaha is A Rod. I reckon he's been doing pretty good, even though he's on Honda now. I reckon he's not too bad. Twelve. He was never on Star Yamaha. Bro. He was. No. We'll go look this up. Oh, back when they were fucking shit. Mossy was on Stadium, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's Stadium, huh? It is, yeah. He was on it the, f- the same year. Uh, Martin won that motocross championship, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, but look at that. That's fucking 2014, but it's not the same team. Hey, Stadium, huh? Is Stadium, huh? I got one over Madge. Yeah, but in saying that, he's had a rough go. He, he came out... And it was on factory on his rookie season, and he's just been palmed around from support team to support team, and he was privateer for a bit. So I reckon him finishing twelfth is pretty good, and he, he has been getting kind of top tens. What's he overall? Fourteenth. 
not the greatest, but yeah, that's probably where he, I thought he'd be. You know that th- this side's, although like the factory lads, you can say both classes a lot, but they're not. They're they're stacked, but um, this side seems to have faster kind of semi factory privateer guys in it. You know, well, like yeah, th- yeah, yeah, like yeah. Lopes or your Oldenburgs and your Kellys and your Dylan Walshers and your Cole Thompsons and your Nicolettis, like all them guys are, you know, pretty red hot for a semi semi factory poverty lads. Walsh is actually doing pretty good this year. Yeah, well, do you think that he was only just making the mains last year? I wonder if he will get a call up, um, call up for pro or pro circuit. What do you reckon? They come out and said Chris Blois is joining the side. Yeah, you reckon that. You reckon they'll have to get at least another rider there? Well, Chris Blose isn't um, a stranger to getting hurt himself. So, yeah, I'll, you know, you'd at least think they'll have two riders, but I can't see him. You know, whoever goes there would be going for no money, which is fine, but you'd still get good bonuses. But it's the opportunity that you're going for. You reckon? Where, where Chris Blose. Pretty much retired. Yeah. Um. So he's got nothing to lose. He was sitting on the couch. So he's got he's got no better offers. He just finished the world or was it the world supercross and Bercy and on um, Bud Racing. Yeah. yeah. So he's got that and um, Kawasaki. Yeah, so. he's got that little relationship recently with Kawasaki. So um, that plays a big factor in it. But I wouldn't um, mind pro circuit. Given Mossy a call. That's up. what I'm saying. Do you think you go and go call Mossy up and go, hey, we got um, Chris Blow's your teammate from Bud Kawasaki, come and join him on PC and see how you guys go? Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm sure they've, you know, got their tentacles out everywhere trying to find someone you decent. Know, reap some riders in. But yeah, you know, seeing someone like Matt on there would be unbelievable, bro. Like it'd be a fa- that fairy tale just keep on going. I've, I've, some, some people on, our Insta page have said that they're going to try and pull someone out of the futures. But... they got no... Kelly got no one down there. Yeah. I don't think it's what... Like, I don't think Hayden Deegan should be coming into pros. I think they should be doing a year of futures first before they come into the pros. Yeah, Lee is. He's doing futures. He's just... He's going to do Houston this weekend. Yeah, but I don't think he should be doing it. But it's not going to hurt him. He's not... He just wants to see where he's at. He raced... He raced nationals last year. You know, a couple of rounds. Yeah, but Nationals is completely different to the Supercross. But Supercross is his forte. He went pretty good at Nationals, but Supercross is what he's been training at since he was on a 65, so... Yeah, but in saying that, he didn't even win the Futures. He went down because he shit the bed. Yeah, but that's what people don't realise is we all know Deegan because he's Deegan. um, What's his first name? Hayden Deegan. We all know him because he's who he is. But all these other riders who beat him on the weekend... They're just as good as if not better, but you don't know who they are because one, they're like 16 to 18 and yeah. he just overshadows everyone because of his name. But, yeah, there's a heap of riders out there who could win. Yeah, but that's what I'm, I'm not saying that he like the other guys were shit. I'm just saying that it's his rookie season and he's, his very first race, the nerves and everything, and he shit the bed, right? He's I don't think it... Going pro too quick and, like, I think you're better off racing. Like, the perfect example was when they used to do Monster Cup and they used to have the 85s and 65s and all all the junior lights racing. That was a perfect to see measure your skill on a, a proper supercross track. I don't think that you should be going up and racing in, the like, the big boy class until you've proven yourself in the futures. No, well, if you think back to guys like, Stewart's, Carmichael's, Villapodos, they were crashing out every weekend. They didn't win straight away. Um, someone like Deegan, who they're not going to get rid of like they do other rookies, you know what I mean? When, yeah, because he's making too much money. When other rookies have a shit rookie year, you know, probably half the time, that's all they get. They get one year yep. and they're done. Yep. And they're like, sorry, like, you, you know, even if they rode for him for two or three years as an amateur, yeah, you're gone. Um, if you didn't crack it straight away in the pros, you know, they are. They're pretty ruthless. And you've got to be, I suppose. But I've said it millions of times. There's so many riders who were, you know, child phenoms who come up, don't crack it straight away and then just get dropped. But one, Deegan's not going to get dropped. Two, McAdoo, it doesn't... McAdoo's the perfect example, bro. Yeah. 
Deegan's not going to get dropped too. It doesn't matter if he does because he'll have Another people idea. lining up just to um, pick him up. And three, he's already got money. He's already got all the things that he needs before racing. Like people do racing to get the things he's got. He's already got it. So yeah. I think he'll be fine. Um, the sooner the better. And he, he would already know where he's at. One, he's on the best team. Two, he trains every day with all the all riders. riders. Yeah, true. On the same tracks and everything. So he's used to everything. I, yep. re- I reckon he'll be fine. Like, he's going to have shit, shit results and crash a heap. Like, Jet Lawrence, even though he's killed it pretty much straight away, the f- his first, like, year or two, he crashed, like, every weekend, man. Yeah. It's just people are quick to forget. But, yeah, I reckon, I reckon he'll be fine. But, yeah, the, quick, I, I the quicker he I, gets up there, the better because he's going to have people who he – you know, grew up racing, who if they get a head start on him and people that he beat, like your Chance Hymas or something, who's racing, I think he's racing this weekend, but people who were his age when he was growing up, who he battled with, if they get a head start and do well, he'll be like, fuck, I should have went up and I've stayed back and then by the time he goes up, they've already got a full year of kind of killing it. So I don't think there's ever a a too early or too late. I just reckon if you feel like you can compete, get up there. But you, you see some of these, like like we talk about the rookies that used to come out when they're 16 and go straight onto like a star PC or whatever, and they come up too early and you see him just disappear into the cracks. I understand that he's not going to disappear into the cracks, but surely you'd go, hey, let's just do this round in the futures and then we can maybe look at a, a couple of rounds later on down the track when the futures are done um, and before you start motocross training and we'll put you in there. Yeah, but, you know... From a business side of it too, like the sponsors of of the teams and stuff probably want him in there, you know what I mean? Like he's he's one of the biggest stars in the sport already and he's yeah. He's not even a pro yet. Like yeah. he's he's not hasn't even a raced a professional. Yeah, he's not race, a full time yeah. supercross rider yet. So yeah. I don't think you know, there's generational stars like your Stewart's, Carmichael's, Reedy's, um, Villa Potos, your Jet Lawrence's, you know, he's gonna be the next one or if not already is the next one. So, you know, he could have two, three years of, or at least two years of average result, like showing promise, but yeah. still crashing and not getting the best results, and he'll be fine. And not getting shafted off the team. Yeah, but that's what he's got on his side, is that he doesn't really need the team to well, it was Well, it was a big thing when he signed for with Star, because he was KDM his whole junior career. Yeah. So it was a massive thing when he start, signed with Star, so I don't see Star getting rid of him. No. No especially the, the amount of viewers that he has and subscribers on YouTube and everything like that. Um, but he's got the pressure kind of on him in one side of the argument and then he's kind of got no pressure on him as well because, you know, say you're a guy like Faulkner, who he was a massive child phenom. Yeah. Every, probably should have won three championships. Multiple, yeah. But he's won none and he's, he's, on, the, he's yep. on the verge of being done. Yeah. And he'd be panicking, bro. He's got no other form of income. Probably made, you know, good sign-ons, but he's made nothing in regards to championship bonuses. Win bonuses. Win bonuses. Where Deegan's got none of that on his shoulders because he's already financially stable. This is how long, like, put it in perspective, how long Faulkner's been racing for, right? You forget that him and Osborne were battling for the title in the 250 championship, right? Osborne's retired now, bro, and Faulkner still hasn't won a championship That's yet. what I'm saying about staying back. Yeah. Is you can get stuck while people you used to battle with and beat step up and yeah. say to the 450 class or pro and just get a year or two in front of you and then you'll never catch them again. Yeah. I know Osborne obviously was a lot older, but, it yeah, it's... I really feel sorry for Faulkner because last year what had nothing to do with him. Jet well, hit the tough block. It's like it's just like Jeremy Martin. Yeah, you know he bet Cooper Webb two years in a row on the same team in motocross and supercross. Yeah, or not supercross but motocross. Um, and then Cooper Webb moves up to the four fifty class and, wins, and, and yeah. he's won two championships. And Martin still hasn't won another two fifty title since because you get stuck in that not rut, but you get stuck in that spot while riders around you you know, step up to a different class or take a risk and then, you know, if everything goes according to plan, they just leave you in the dust. 
talking about Martin because he's obviously going to be racing East next weekend. Do you think if he goes to four fifties, he'll disappear? I don't think he's like I don't think he's a top five rider. Well, um, he's you know he's been pretty absent the last few years as it is. Like he's lived on who his name is. Like no disrespect, and you can't talk shit about riders who are won titles. Obviously, he's a ridiculous rider, but you know the last few years he hasn't got the best results, and he's not. The guy who he was, you no. know, five years ago. Martin's probably one of my favourite 250 riders, so I've got nothing but respect and especially for him. But because I just don't see him, if he does go up to 450, him being, I think he's a, a like a, maybe a top 10, but I don't think anything, maybe get into the top five on a good day, but I think don't think anybody. Well, he's not that. a supercross rider. No, but I'm talking even motocross. Oh, he will go, he will get some good results, but same thing, he's had so many years of getting average results that, He's he's going to struggle to ever get back to the top again because you only hit your prime once in your life. I think the the issue was when he broke his back and then they had to they had to re-break his back. Yeah, I think after that he's changed his aspect of how he sees racing because obviously like it's like kind of like Kenny a massive thing like that to happen to you. I don't think you have the same killer instincts that you previously had. Yeah, but Martin's in a different boat to Kenny because same thing as what I was saying about Deegan. Kenny's pretty financially stable when Martin's, yeah. you know, racing to make a living. Oh, I reckon Martin would be pretty wealthy, bro. He's won a few championships. I reckon he's got a bit of money. He would have a bit of money behind yeah, I'm him. I'm pretty sure his last championship was in, like, 2016. So, like, it's a long time ago. Yeah, yeah true. But in saying that... Like, I'm sure he'd be getting... Pretty good sign-ons. But you got to remember, when you haven't won for so long, it's one, you think that you can't, and two, yeah. you probably can't because, you know, you need to consistently be at the front to start cracking wins. Yeah. You, like, you can't just think, oh, I won, a, I won a title five years ago, I can win another one. Not saying that you can't, but it's pretty impossible if you haven't even been anywhere near the front to do it again. Do you know what's going to happen now? What? Martin doesn't come out and kill it and make me look silly. Yeah, well, I, I, I hope he does. <laughs> like, yeah, I've got nothing against him, but I, I don't think I've seen anyone do it. Like, get to the top, fall pretty much to the bottom. He's only stayed where he is because of who he is and the teams he's been on. But he's been on all the best teams and he hasn't done anything since probably 2016, 17 when he won their motocross titles. He's not a bad supercross rider. I just think he's... And a, an extremely good motocross rider. Yeah. And I think if he can stay healthy through the Supercross season, the confidence will transfer to the motocross and he'll do really well. But in saying that, he's got very, very hard competition coming into the motocross when you join both of them together. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So I think motocross is going to be even more stacked than the Supercross this year. Yeah, well, you got, you know... You well, with this A starting this weekend, you you know you got a heap of guys we got to look forward to. You got yeah, as we said, Jeremy Martin. You got Hannah Lawrence. You got Chance Hymers, I think is doing select rounds, if not all of them. You got Thomas Vial, um, you know the Frenchman riding for Red Bull KDM. Yep. So you know him in motocross is going to be unbelievable. And then um, you know that whole side, like you know you got people like Max Anstey who could you know go real good. He went good in the world, Supercross, stuff like that. Then you got your star Yamaha guys, Jordan Smith and Nate Frasher. They can pull out wins. Yeah, but I feel like Jordan Smith is a little bit like RJ, RJ Hamshire. Really quick, but you can you there's a high chance that he's going to see the ground. Oh, 100%. During the race That's what I mean. At some you, point. You get, he, he debuted like not long after fucking Tomac, bro. Yeah. So, like, that's how... That's how long these people get stuck in this and don't step up or have the right results to step up and then they get stuck there forever. Yeah. But then, obviously, you should have had Shimoda and Hamika, but now yeah, well, I hope. Shimoda probably would have been my favourite to win. Him or, him or Hunter? Yeah. I'll, yeah, I would have probably went Shimoda to win, I reckon, um, this year. Cause just because of how good he rode at the end of last yeah. year, motocross... He well, was even just so the Supercross, consistent. the end of last year, the Supercross, he was he was up there. Yeah, like, he, he just had a good run going, you know. He had two two or three years of good momentum on his side and just getting better and better results. And, you know, that's how you build towards a win. Like, obviously, guys like Mosman and stuff like that still might 
you know, swing a win, but I can't see them winning a the championship. I reckon, yeah, Hunter, Hunter's probably going to run away with this one unless, you know, something drastic happens and, you know, Thomas Vial might surprise us all. But in saying that, how quick are these guys' collarbones healing? Like, I broke my collarbone and it took me six weeks to heal because I didn't get it plated. But oh, they'll heal quick, but, you know, it's only an eight, seven or eight round series, so you miss one round, you don't, especially in the activity class. Yeah, I understand that, but what do you reckon we see Shimano back next, not this week, but next week? Um, no, nah, I don't reckon he'll be back what, for at least... What do you reckon, three weeks? Uh, well, how's it going? Are they riding three rounds in a row? I think so. I um, think it goes round after round and they, they only got one break over Easter. Yeah, well, I don't see him coming back for at least three rounds. At least three rounds, you reckon? Yeah. But, yeah, going on going on the East, um, it's pretty depleted. So, you know, Hunter's got to be the favourite by an injury. You know, Pro Circuit have no riders and they've got blows to fill in. Hopefully they get more. The Husky team... Has no riders at all on the East either with Jalik Swole out. So hopefully they get, you know, they've got a lot of futures. Um, the Husky Rockstar program, you know, has always been pretty good to the amateurs. So hopefully they could bring someone up or if not, you know, give someone who's been on the verge of getting a factory rider going, you know, they might get good results. Yeah, well, if Hayden Deegan's coming up, bring up one of the Husky riders because they, they killed it second and third. Yeah. So... But yeah, it's pretty much straight after each other. Yeah. Fourth, eleventh, eighteenth, twenty fifth, fourth, eleventh. So you reckon he misses the first two rounds and returns yeah, at two, Arlington? Yeah, he might be back for Arlington. So that gives you, because that'll give him five weeks then. Yeah. Yeah, I can't see him obviously because he's going to miss the first two, maybe three rounds. I can't see him rushing him back prematurely because then that just fucks the rest of his year. Yeah, that is true. But in saying that, like it's look, look how hard like look at the people dropping left, right, and center. Like in saying that, he comes back and two people can drop out, and then he might have a champion chance in winning it. Oh, he wouldn't have a chance of winning it, but he would have a chance of maybe getting you know a half decent overall result. But it's um, it's a weird year this year. Like Bar Faulkner. No one's got injured in the race. Everyone's got injured in practice injuries. Like you're seeing Mookie miss out on the weekend um, through a practice injury. You've you got all the <laughs> all the pro circuit lads injured through practicing. You got Jalik oh. Swole practicing. All these guys that are out are all just um, practice crashes. Practice crashes. So I heard, no, actually, I heard Carson Munford is going to PC. Yeah, but same thing. He's missing. He's missing one or two rounds because he's hurt at the moment. Correct, he broke his collarbone. No, yeah. his wrist, sorry. Yeah, something, so. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they've got a, a lot of sponsors and a lot of bikes and trucks to fill, mechanics to pay and stuff, so like they need they need riders, bro, especially because this side they've only got one. Yeah. This side's not over yet. So, no, correct. So, you know, McAdoo, well, you as look, I said, like it's, said, it's lucky that... It's two weeks and it's back to West again. Yeah, because I don't think he would be racing next weekend with that arm. Nah. So, yeah... You know, hopefully they just fill them with guys that will take pretty much no money, but just the opportunity. So it, it opens the door for a lot of a lot of guys, and I hope you know they contact or ring the right guys to fill in. Um, you want to get into what happened over the weekend with the AMX Open? Yeah, so on the weekend we um had a race here in Australia, the AMX Open down at One Thaggy. It's you know one of them pre-race. Uh, pre-season races that everyone kind of usually gets around and it's a good gauge for how the year's going to kind of go or just to see where you're at. But um, to tell you the truth, the field was pretty light. You know, we spoke to Aaron Tanney um, a week or so ago and he said the CDR boys were sitting it out because they had um, no parts for the... 23. 23. So in the 450s, you know, there was only... Really? Then you then you assume if um, CDR sitting out, you th- assume that Serco and Yamalube are sitting out too because they wouldn't have twenty three parts either. Yeah, well, um, the two fifties haven't changed, have they? I don't know. I can't remember. Um, but the you know the four fifty class was pretty light down there on the weekend. There was only really the Honda team down there, the two Honda boys of Kyle Webster and Jed Beaton. Jed Beaton's first race back in Australia. Um, there was four races in each class. He ended up getting a win in one, but 
Webster was um, pretty dominant in the rest. Uh, he won the first race by 34 seconds and he won the third one by 22 seconds. So um, they were lapping up to about fifth every every race. So, yeah, it wasn't super stacked, which is disappointing because usually a lot more guys get around it. Um, I thought the CDR guys would be there even though they don't have parts because it's a local race for them. They're only a couple of hours away from the track where the team's based. But also it's the first round of... Um, the Pro MX. Like yeah. you think that you'd use this as a perfect example of testing. Yeah. Go down there, your testing environment, use, there's other people out there that you can use to test, like against speed wise. You can use it as like a, almost as a practice race. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know what everyone's go was. Like even in the 250 class, the only, um, there's only two kind of factory riders in Nathan Crawford and Brody Connolly. Brody Connolly's a young, um, Oh, and Noel Ferguson. Yeah, he's on Gas Gas. Um, you know, Brody Connolly's a young lad from New Zealand who's just on with the Honda team. But you, you still had some fast guys, but, um, you know, like your Cade Miniers and your Noel Ferguson, your Ryder Kingsford's, Alex Larwood. So the 250 class was a bit more stuck than the 450. But, yeah, same thing. A lot of guys missing from both classes. I, yeah, it was a bit disappointing because I think there's good prize money um, on offer down there. And, you know, a lot more people usually get around it. Um it just shows you a lot more people are based up in Queensland, Queensland or even New South Wales at the moment. So, you know, maybe they didn't want to travel down there. Although, you know, Noel Ferguson and Crawford are from up here, so they made the trip down. But, um, you know, people, you, you don't know, in Australian motocross, it's pretty hush-hush. People could be nursing injuries or, yeah. um, you know, wanting to still do testing on the bikes, like um, Tanny said with the CDR boys, so... Um, there's no point going down there and getting hurt if you're not feeling comfortable on the bike, you know, before the season starts. So that could have a lot to do with it as well. I know um, Webster beat beaten by quite a bit, mm. but if you look at the lap times, I understand it doesn't go off lap times, but their both fastest lap times were very similar. So speed wise, he's there. I don't know whether he's making mistakes during the race or something like that. But oh well, he said I seen him put a post up saying yeah. that he was. Still getting used to the bike, and they're still, you know, that race was more of a test than a race. It was, you know, he was wanting to see how his settings were working on a rough race set and track. And, you know, I think they were 25 minute motos or something, something yeah. like that. So, you know, he he's beaten's goal was just to see how everything was working and how he felt on the bike. So he's still got to win, which is great. But yeah, he, he did in the other three races, he, um, you know, beaten pretty easily by Webster but it's going to be a good year this year we spoke to Tanny about it you know all the guys are returning you've got Ferris coming back um, on a Yamaha Yamaha's a pretty red hot at the moment you've got Cloudy coming back you've got Tanny defending champion you've got Duffy you've got Gibbsy coming around for another go you got Toddy you got you know your Webster's your Jed Beaton's like it's a super stack field this year do you, do you think Ferris is going to be based like Medi, like out of a, a van, or do you reckon he's going to get Brisbane Motorcycles going to give him a truck? Yeah, I like don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. He's at the stage in his life where, you know, I'm sure he's not material about what he rocks up to the track in. He just would be going for results. But obviously he's got a good deal going on because you wouldn't do it otherwise. Um, You know, like he's... Unless he's bored. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I did hear him say something like that, but... You know, he's accomplished pretty much everything he can accomplish. He won, like, three or four years in a race, so... And he won a race over in the US, so... Yeah, so, like, he's, he's got nothing to prove, I think. Yeah, he just wants to do it, so, you know, good on him. I think it's sick, to be honest with you. I think the more stacked the 450 rides are, more stacked the classes are in um, the MX, better racing, better everything. So, I think it's sick that he's coming back, because yeah, he, well, he's, he's, still, he's still up there. It's not like he's... We got second in the championship last year. He nearly won it. So. That's, what, that's what I'm saying. He's still up there. It's not like he's finishing ninth and he's saying, oh, I'm coming back again. Like, he's still up there. There's, there's a good chance that he could still be up there. So I think it's pretty sick that he's coming coming back to race. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, there was probably just no ride for him at Honda. Um, you know, like, yeah. and, you know, that's, that's the way the sport goes. You know, the old make way for the young. And, you know, you got someone coming back from Europe who, who's... You know, always been a ridiculous rider in Jed Beaton. And then you got Webster, who's, uh, you know, won the Tivity Championship and then probably would have um, 
you know, he's going to... Had gotta a chance be, of winning the 450 if he didn't get hurt. Yeah, and he's yeah. got to be one of the favourites to win this year. So, you know, there was no spot for him. I'm sure he probably wouldn't have retired if there was a spot, guaranteed yeah, spot. good paying ride there. Um, But, you know, we've seen Matt Moss win on a privateer team Correct. this year in Australia. Like, Australia's factory teams aren't nothing special, you know what I mean? It's not like America... Um, they would get a little bit more support than the, the, the basic guys, but it's nothing. It's not night and day. Yeah. So yeah, of course he can win on that bike, um, especially the Yamaha. The Yamahas are kind of head and shoulders above everything else at the moment. You can see it with the results worldwide and how good they're doing. So yeah, I'm excited to see how he goes on that bike. It's funny to see like every year a brand kind of does better than another brand. Like last 2022 was Hondas. Everyone wanted Hondas, everything yeah. Honda-related. And it's cool to see that the manufacturers are still out there trying to do do better and better and better and not be complacent. Yeah, well, it's good. In um, I seen a photo the other day. In Europe, they're allowed to run, like, fuck, a 2030 model bike if they want to. They've got no rules over there. Yeah. Um, I seen Fevre running a 24 or 25 KX... 450 this year like all new shape and stuff that you know they don't have them anywhere else because you're not allowed to race um bikes that aren't the current year model yeah in america because many people don't know that you told me about that there's actually they'll they're about four or five years advanced of the current bike model but they haven't 100 percent confirmed it yet yeah like the factory teams are pretty much like that they're like all the stuff that the suspension and everything, and everything got, yeah. is yeah like comes into the public bikes that you buy about yeah four or five years later pretty much but um yeah that'll be good to see how cowie goes with this new bike in europe that they've you know obviously started developing like tim geyser had that honda i think a year or two he was racing that thing before it was released to the public so yeah yeah that's what's that's what's good about uh europe yeah, but yeah, getting back to the, the Australian motocross is it's there's every chance that he can win races on a privateer bike. Oh yeah, like you know, there's nothing stopping him. The tracks aren't too hectic. The competition's you know pretty thick this year, but you know he's a proven winner. So yeah, I'm excited to see how he goes. Um, also going to the chicks, um, our girl Taylor McCutcheon taking the overall, almost perfect, perfect time, but. Fortunately, let race two go down. Yeah, she um she said she won the first. Would she win? Yeah, the first first race and then the last two race yeah. two, she got third. But um, you know, it looked pretty tight down there. I didn't watch the races or anything, but I was keeping an eye on the times. Um, you know, she was kept on us every race by, um, you know Emma Milosevic and that Taylor O'Hare. So or Talia O'Hare. So, um, you know the chicks, chicks. Class is in good hands at the moment with young chicks coming up and established chicks already there. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see. Like, um, is Charlie overseas this year? Is she racing? I think, she, I think she's doing a couple of GP rounds, but she might do a couple of the Australian rounds if they don't clash. Yeah. But stuff that, man. Like, I wouldn't be doing an Australian round if you're doing well in the GPs. Like, I wouldn't risk hurting myself in Australia if you're doing good in the GPs. But I guess if you're not doing that great, why not come over to... Australia and see how you compare to that. Yeah. But the top three girls are almost leagues ahead. Their, their, their lap times are pretty much around 10th in the, the pro lights class. Like, it's yeah. it's crazy to see the speed of the girls these days. Yeah, no, it's good. Well, that's, you know, always kind of what happens when there's one chick that's, you know, leaps and bounds above everyone else for a while. Everyone, you know, starts to kick in the gear and, you know, she inspires a whole... Crop of yeah. chicks to catch up for, and that's what's kind of happening now. Yeah, it's good to see what's going to happen in the kind of next five, ten year space with with everything how everything's going. There's more and more girls racing juniors. There's more girls getting into the sport, so it's good to see what's going to happen. Going um, into what we got planned for this year, got some pretty exciting things. We got we decided that we're going to do a thing called the three thing uh, three kings rider experience. So pretty much what we're going to do is we're going to attend um, three rounds of the Sunny State and we're going to choose three riders and we're going to give them kind of like a factory feel. Um, so the way we're going to choose the riders is we're just going to get you guys to 
submit an entry and we'll read through the entries and see um, who is deserving of a factory experience. doesn't matter what skill level you are or anything. You don't have to be a top rider. If we want to try and give it to a rider that generally loves the sport and keeps on trying, it doesn't depend on what position you get. So pretty much what we're going to do is we're going to give you a fresh new kit from TNC. Um, we're going to give you some fresh goggles from Flow Vision Australia. Um, Hostiles jumped on board. I'm going to give you a fresh set of gear. Um, Goat Brand's got some socks coming out. Um, Garage 37's jumped on board and is going to put some fresh tyres on your bike for you. Um, and Fernication's going to help out with some of the race fees and um, fees involved with going racing. So they're pretty much the companies helping us out. And thank you very much for that. And we got Maddie Vince uh, pretty much going to do a little promo video of all the riders. Yeah. So what we're going to do, yeah, is just what you said. Just you know, you're going to just pit under our. We've got a big quick shot of logos and um, banners and stuff up on it. You know, we'll give you a promo video um, after the round and some photos. And you know, it's just to make you kids, um, you know, feel special or feel factory for the day. Um, you know, we. So we thought we could put some money back into the sport and do something good with it. So we're, we're pretty excited for this. And, yeah, we thank all the companies that have jumped on board to help us out. And, um, yeah, we can't wait to see how it goes. So pretty much the three rounds are going to be Coolum, Harvey Bay and MX Farm. Um, we'll put a link up on our socials. We'll have our website up and running so you can go there and nominate yourself for get your mum and dad or nominate someone that you think is deserving of this experience. Um, we'll go through go through them and we'll let each rider know, before, obviously before the round, because we'll have to get your kits and numbers and jersey prints and everything made up. Um, so pretty much it's just to put the money back into the sport um, and help some of the kids out, so make them, make them feel factory. So uh, we've got some other pretty cool things coming up. Um, just keep on following us and we'll let you know what's going on. So... Other than that, pretty much done for this show. Um, yeah, we'll see you on 18th of February for this um, first rider experience that we're doing. And cheers for listening. Cheers. Just a regular, everyday, normal motherfucker. I told you in the first song I 